1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Can we get your take on the stats released by the Canadian Real Estate Association earlier this week that show that there are few housing markets that set records in July right across the country? They sure did, and and there were incredible gains. And, you know, everyone is kind of looking at this as a surprise, but it really wasn't a surprise. Tina, you and I have been talking about this for a couple of months now because April and May, everything was just paused. We knew that come, you know, June and July, we were going to see some huge increases just from the pent-up demand itself. And that's what this is. This is pent-up demand getting back into action. And if you're looking at, you know, the largest markets like the GTA, a 49.5% month-over-month increase. You've got 43.9% in Vancouver, 39.1% in Montreal, 36.6% in the Fraser Valley in BC, 31.8% in Hamilton, Burlington, 28.7% in Ottawa, and it just goes on and on and on. Uh, you know, the even though Alberta has been down uh, due to different variables, they're still up 9.7% in Edmonton and 12.1% in Calgary. And that's month over month. So that's the strength of what pent-up demand does to these markets. Are you a little bit surprised? I, I am a little bit surprised. I didn't know it would bounce back as strong as it did. I thought it would be gradual, but you know, to to put an exclamation mark on on the recovery, it's been phenomenal. It, it, people, it's consumer confidence. I mean, everyone was saying that people would be careful and and they would be scared or fearful about what's going to happen. I was on a a real estate panel not too long ago, and I was saying that this is what we should be expecting and. I faced a lot of criticism after that, uh, you know, to say, hey, you're wrong, the market is going to tank. And and there were some reports that came out just around uh, April or so that really scared people. And and to see the consumer confidence return at the rate that it did, it is surprising in, in that aspect. Now, you've referred to this time, June, July, and even August, as what we would typically see in a spring market. What do you forecast then for September and October? With the limited inventory that we have and with people that are continuing to, you know, wanting to get into a house, and you know what's helping it, Tina? What's helping the market is the return to school. If schools had not announced that they would be going back in September, I think it would be more drawn out. But with people thinking, wow, you know what, I need to be closer to schools or, you know, I need to get into this area because my son or daughter is starting high school or starting public school or, you know, that's what's fueling the demand right now is, is the, the upcoming back to school date. And that has people thinking I need to move and I need to get settled in before school starts. 
So that has been helping the market a lot. And at the same time, there's a lot of people that put their plans on hold during COVID, either to sell because they didn't want people in their homes or to buy because they didn't want to go out shopping into strangers' homes. They're all back in the market right now. So that's that's what's fueling it. And that should continue into the next quarter. So I would not be at all surprised. We won't see numbers like a 49.5% increase month over month, but we will see 20, 25% increases over the next couple of months. Can I get your perspective on something then a little bit different? You know, you're a parent in York Region. You own a business in York Region. What are you feeling in terms of the next wave and what we can anticipate going forward? First of all, I'm really proud of how York Region has handled the pandemic. I'm, you know, biased opinion, but I think York Region has handled the pandemic better than any other region. And that's because the mayors and the leaders in York Region have really stepped up and we've been careful, but we've been proactive as well to get back into a new normal. And that's really fueled consumer confidence, and that's what it comes down to. I think moving forward, even if we are hit with a second wave, we're prepared to handle that. And now that we know, now that we've been through a first wave of a pandemic, now we have something to base it on and to work off of. The first wave, we had no idea what was happening, how it was happening, what was going to happen. But now we have that benchmark. And I think moving forward, even if there is a second wave, Emotionally, it'll be tough on people. Mentally, it'll be tough on people. But I think financially and, uh, you know, being able to handle the situation better, I think we're in that position to do that. Ever the optimist. I love it. After the break, we talk mortgage rates. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties with today's guest, Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Asif Kassim from Integrity Tree Financial. Asif, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again, guys. Asif, there's been a lot of talk about the recent CMHC rule changes and how that's impacted high-ratio borrowers. Tell us a little bit about these changes and, and how it has impacted borrowers. Well, what happened was CMHC came up with some rules that they thought would impact uh, the market and the industry. Uh, they scaled back some of the uh, ability to qualify for mortgages, for high-ratio mortgages. And the other two insurers didn't follow suit. So what inevitably happened is the lending market shifted their business from CMHC over to the other two insurers. And there's been a spike in volume. Uh, as opposed to being a decrease in volume. And also the the heat of the market, I mean, we're, we're looking at record sales in, in pretty much all the markets uh, in the GTA. How has that contributed to the increase in price points, yet the assumption from CMHC that prices would decrease and thus the changes? Well, it's definitely proven them wrong. I mean, prices haven't skyrocketed per se, and you would know better on this, but I, I, prices have maintained an upward motion. There's still multiple offers out there. 
There's still a lot of bidding wars. Uh, but it hasn't skyrocketed, but it hasn't decreased at all. And there is still an influx of buyers out there. And what was anticipated as um, a drop-off in volume for uh, a variety of reasons, including the uh, COVID pandemic, um, didn't really pan out that way. Because the reality is those who were impacted were those who weren't necessarily going to purchase a property right away, or they weren't necessarily in a position to buy a property right away. Those who had solidified careers and, and income, they're just working from home. So nothing really has changed other than the location of where they work. So their income was still solid. Credit was still solid. And then we noticed a lot of people start to refinance so that they can shore up their financial situation. Now, in terms of refinancing, I think a lot of people are looking at this right now. You know, is it a good time to break my mortgage and renegotiate? What do you think about that? In all honesty, at one point, I didn't think it was the greatest of ideas because rates were still a little higher. Now, this was granted three months ago, three, four months ago. Now I'm looking at it from a very different perspective because rates have plummeted. They're averaging around 2% plus or minus 10 or 15 points. We are at record lows. We're seeing banks and lenders give away mortgages at 2% and under, depending on the circumstance. Um, so it's not, it's not a bad idea at all to reconsider refinancing and taking all of your high-interest debts and plugging it into your equity because you're going to save thousands of dollars in the long run. So that has uh, fueled this market a lot in the mortgage sector, maybe not the purchase uh, the actual real estate sector, but in the mortgage sector for sure. We're seeing record volumes. And Asif, with these sub-2% uh, interest rates for five-year mortgages, are you now telling people to go with a fixed five-year, or are you still recommending uh, variable? I'm very comfortable saying fixed now because we're at that point where at around 2% and under, the variable rate might be slightly lower, but then you know you've got that for another year or two, and then what will happen? We, it's very difficult to predict what's going to happen over a five-year period. For two, with the variable rate, we always look at it from a, a year to two years out, and then we really you can't hold us to what's going to happen after. We don't know what the market will, will uh, how it will play out. So I'm now putting more people into fixed mortgages as opposed to variable. But it also comes down to what's their interest level in holding onto the property and might they need to break it. Because if you break a fixed mortgage, you might incur an IRD penalty, which is higher than if you break a variable mortgage, which is only about three months of interest. Okay, so walk us through that a little bit more. So the way penalties are calculated with fixed mortgages, uh, it's, a long convoluted calculation that is essentially comparing the balance of the mortgage, the interest rate that you have, the, the market rates, and basically they're making, the lenders are making up for a larger portion of money to be collected on that five-year contract. And it's because, it's, it's basically how it's calculated, and every lender is different. But that's for the fixed. With a variable, they calculate on a monthly basis and they only take three months of interest as a penalty. So if you might be inclined to sell or sell your property or break that mortgage in under that five-year term, a variable might be a little bit more, um, I guess, beneficial because the penalty is much smaller. And with the rates declining 
and also with uh, the qualifying rate for the stress test coming down a little bit, 0.15 basis points. How do you see CMHC moving forward? Do you see them clawing back on some of their changes, or do you see them digging their heels in and continuing forward? I think, I mean, this is just my perspective on it. At the end of the day, they've lost significant amount of volumes, and there was a, a, a letter that was leaked to Bloomberg recently where uh, the head of CMHC was basically stating that uh, the banks were, I guess, being short-sighted and sending too much business to the other competitors, uh, and that they had concerns about how how the this will impact the economy. The flip side is when you're losing that level of volume, you have to make it up somewhere. And you know, for lack of better description, money talks. So if you're if they're losing that much volume, they may have to scale back to get back that market share. Uh, I don't want to say for sure it will happen. Uh, I know they're not happy about the fact of the shift from CMHC over to the other competitors, but if you're going to lose a significant amount of market share, you might have to do something to get back that market share at some point in time. Asif, can I ask you, are you suggesting that if we are planning to break our current mortgage, should we shop around or negotiate with our current lender? What should we do? I think it's often a better idea to shop around Typically, your current lender doesn't go to bat as well up front uh, to negotiate. Um, shopping around is not a bad idea. And leverage one lender versus another. Um, I help clientele do that as well. Clients do that as well. I will get them to say, what do you got here? This is what I can do here. And if I can't beat it, at least take this and go back and renegotiate with your own lender. At the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with shopping. We have seen such a influx of refinancing where certain lenders are giving such significant low rates that it makes sense to break what you have wherever you are, pay the penalty, and get a cash back to help cover some of those costs. And you're still ahead of the game because the interest rates are so low. Now, even with interest rate differential penalties, are you still seeing penalties lower than what people would end up uh, paying over the long run? Uh, In many cases, yes. I mean, it's everything is case by case, depending on the circumstance you had, your situation, uh, where, what type of rate that you have before. I've, there is uh, a case that I'm going through right now where a client has, I believe, three more weeks to pay on their mortgage before they're up for a renewal, but they sold their property two weeks early, and the lender is still charging them $7,000, even though in two weeks they wouldn't have a mortgage. Or sorry, they would be up for renewal. So... It depends on the lender. It depends on their rules and regulations, their guidelines and policies. Uh, but what I am finding is that in some cases, it makes sense to break the mortgage, pay the penalty, get a cash back, lower your interest cost, and then save on your cash flow so you have a higher level of cash flow on a monthly basis. Because let's face it, in today's world, cash flow is king. That is what dictates many things. Many clients don't look at the long-term interest cost because most of them won't live in their home for the full 25 years anyway. They'll take that home after about five or 10 years, realizing the appreciation, sell it, utilize that appreciation to go and buy something bigger. So they're, they're not worried as much about the interest cost. They're worried about how much money is coming in my pocket every month. That is what's dictating a lot of the activity. 
And just before we get off of the interest rate differential or the RRD penalty asset, just explain to our listeners that are wondering what we're talking about, what is the interest rate differential penalty? The interest rate differential penalty is essentially a calculation that determines how much uh, mortgage do you have left when you're breaking that mortgage, how many more months to go of interest you have to pay, the difference between the uh, interest rate that you have and the existing market rate at that time, and then how much interest is still outstanding to be paid, and the lender will charge that penalty based on that calculation. For each lender, it can differ slightly. Some lenders might have a higher calculation where you, it costs you more. Some of them are, are a little bit looser in their calculations. Some of them use posted rates like banks. Banks tend to use the posted rate versus the actual contract rate. What I mean by that is the bank might post 4.5% of the five-year fix, but discount it to give you 22 Whereas if you go to a monoline lender, they don't have a posted rate. It's just 2.2. So you're calculating two different things and getting two different results. So, I mean, that's an entire different segment, but this is why a lot of mortgage brokers prefer to go to monoline lenders because the penalties tend to be cheaper versus going to a bank. Good to know. All right, Asif, just before we wrap up, in general terms, what are your clients sharing with you about these unusual economic times, how are they feeling? There's still a fear that there could be a second wave, and this is all, again, based on everything that's happened with the pandemic, and then there's a fear that the the winter season will hit, and then there's going to be a second wave, and there's going to be a lockdown for longer and harder, and this will impact the economy and their income. So what's happening is in preparation for a possible second wave, people are trying to shore up their finances now from the standpoint of, I have a lot of loose, unsecured debt, but I have equity in my home. Let's just have one payment versus four or five, and let's save on the interest cost, and let's make sure our cash flows tightened up. So if we do hit a second, uh, a second phase, then we're in a position where financially we're better off and we're not as worried. Whereas those who don't do that, they might have to scramble to figure out how to pay debtors uh, and, and, and credit cards and lines and all that sort of stuff at a higher interest rate. Mm-hmm. They're better off trying to have one payment consolidated, especially at such significant, significantly lower rates. I mean, put into comparison, you have credit cards from 12 to 21% versus a mortgage of maybe two and a quarter. Where would you put that money? All right. So that's what a lot of people have been doing for the last couple of months because you're seeing a possibility of this second phase of of pandemic and they're trying to figure out how do we get ahead of this before it becomes a problem and why not take advantage of the super low rates today because we don't know what tomorrow has to offer. That's just great information as always. If listeners want more information or want to connect with you, how do they do that? Uh, they can give me a call at 416-561-1258, or they can go to www.integritytree.ca. When we come back, your questions for Asif Khan. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. 
Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. And the first one comes from Jared in Thornhill. My neighbor mentioned that he plans to test the market. Is that a good idea? And what are the risks? Asif? Great question. And, you know, right now, it, it actually is a good time to test the market, but it really depends on how you're testing that market, how aggressive you want to be. And if you're testing the market in terms of trying to get a crazy high price, it probably won't happen. Buyers are pretty savvy, and more importantly, the bank appraisers are very tight right now. So they're going to be looking for the comparables that, you know, what they'll do is they'll take the top comparable and the lowest comparable and throw those out. And what they're doing is they're measuring traffic and activity with the uh, the average price points in your area. So if you're, you know, way out of uh, that price range, your house is not going to appraise. So there's a, there's a good way to test the market and then there's a, uh, you know, the right way to test the market, which is pricing it at market value and trying to cash out at the higher end of your subdivision or your area by pricing it at market value and waiting for people to uh, come in and put some offers in. And Asif, at what stage of the game does the bank appraiser move in? With the way the market is right now, the appraisers are really backed up. Banks are backed up. And you may not see the appraiser until a week or two before the closing date. So it is a lot later in the process than everyone would like it to be. And that's why it's really important uh, as a buyer and seller to make sure you know the numbers. You know, ask your realtor where they think the house is going to fall and and why and ask for comparables. And then you'll be, you know, well advised as to where these, uh, where where the appraiser is going to come in. All right, our next question comes from Lillian Maple. She wants to know, with so many leaving the downtown core, is now a good time to purchase a condo in that area? Asif, what do you think? There certainly are some deals downtown right now for condos. And you're right, there's a lot of investors that have purchased condos to rent them out. And with the rental population downtown moving out, so you've got international students, you've got uh, you know university college students that were living downtown. You've got people that had, you know, their offices downtown. So their family was living in the burbs, but they were, you know, they had an apartment downtown. Now they're working from home. So you have a lot of vacancy in terms of rental units downtown, which is causing some pressure on sales. There's a lot of inventory in terms of downtown condos, especially the one bedroom or one plus one. And if you're looking to invest in one of those, it is a good time to get a deal on those. Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? They can reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan, or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.